Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hello and welcome to the True Condos Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew LaFleur, and I'm a realtor here in Toronto. If you're interested in making money by investing in the Toronto condo market, then you've come to the right spot and you're listening to the right show. Now, the whole point of this show is to speak to experts and industry insiders so that we can leverage their knowledge and experience in order to help us as condo investors to make better decisions. And when we make better decisions, we're going to make better returns on our condo investments. If you like my podcast, please leave me a review on iTunes. And if you want, I've even made a little video that shows you exactly how to leave a review. And you can find this video on the show notes for this episode over at truecondos.com slash Jamie. So with that in mind, today on the show, I'm interviewing Jamie Johnston. Jamie Johnston is the broker owner of Remax Condos Plus, which just so happens to be the real estate brokerage that I work from as a realtor here in downtown Toronto. Uh, Now, way back in the late 90s, Jamie had the foresight to see that condos were the future of real estate in Toronto, and he did something that many people at the time told him he was crazy for doing. He branded his brokerage as a condo-specific brokerage by calling it Remax Condos Plus. Now, we're nearly 20 years later, and the condo market basically is the downtown real estate market, and Jamie's brokerage is the top company for condo sales downtown. For all the show notes on this episode, and once again, just head on over to truecondos.com slash Jamie. And now, without any more delay, here is my interview with Jamie Johnston. How did I get started in the, uh, the condo market? Well, I can trace my start back to uh, Harry Stinson, probably the original, the original condo guy, condo yep. king or whatever you want to call him. Yeah. And he had a brokerage called Stinson Realty on the, on the waterfront. And not only did Harry sell condos, he wanted to market new condos, and he really wanted to be a a condo developer. And I ran across him because I sold out my business with Family Realty, owned a lot of internet assets in terms of servers, software, and I was uh, selling websites to... uh, variety of medium-sized companies. Okay, so when was this? Like, what year are we talking um, about With Harry, it would be 1998 that I first met him and started to build websites. so what were you doing in the 90s before 98? You mentioned another real estate company. Uh, Family Realty. I was the president and a uh, major shareholder of a company called Family Realty and Family Mortgage in the early 90s. Uh, Family Realty could trace its roots back to Family Trust, and Tom Shea. I've always been in the real estate business, and um, we sold out. We sold out those businesses. I had two partners. They wanted to sell. I didn't, and uh, that's that's one of the side stories to having partnerships. Okay, <laughs> you so, sometimes go in different directions. So anyway, right. I met Harry. Harry Stinson, nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, and Harry asked me to look at his business. And we, be, I looked at his businesses, and I was very intrigued by his brokerage business in terms of condos. I found that it, uh, two things, it wasn't cyclical, like most real estate businesses, and um, it wasn't seasonal either. I mean, Harry had some big years when the 
when the real estate market was really down in 93 and 94. So uh, I was intrigued by that. How would you describe the condo market in 1998? Like what, what did you see there? What was going on in the condo market? What was the talk in the condo market? What was, what was it like? Well, right there, the, that, was, that was the start of City Place. 1997, 98, okay. and the first buildings yep. on Front Street, so Concord, there was four of them. Concord City Place, Front Absolutely. of Spadina, which is now about 15, 20 buildings. So in 1998, there was not, no development there Well, at all. it was four buildings. But they that was when they first launched the first exactly. four buildings. Yeah. Exactly, um, exactly. There was very little other. I'm trying to think back. Uh, I can remember the first year in the business that um, the developer at 700 King uh, didn't make the final payments. Yeah, we had a little wee company then, and we were owed 30000 in commissions. Okay. And um, I got a call from the receiver telling me that uh, that uh, they weren't making the final payments. And why was that? Because they bankrupted the development company. But okay. they had to put enough money in it <laughs> yeah. to pay off secured creditors, which were um, the architects, Right. And the builders. But and not the real estate agents like you who sold the units? Well, yeah. I, the company I had bought, Stinson Realty, had sold okay, the Stinson units. Stinson sold the units. Okay. That's right. And I bought Harry's company out. I bought Harry's company out at the end of 1998. Okay. Um, so you took over Stinson's uh, real estate Only his brokerage side, company. The sales side. The brokerage company. And Stinson went the way of development. Correct. Okay. And so we're not talking the about The infamous today, One but. King. The infamous and One King Street he was Harry's there. project. Right, right. Okay. Actually, Harry did uh, the uh, the um, candy factory, the original right. lofts. That was Harry's idea. Right. That was Queen Street West. Correct. Right, right. So fast forward a bit, 1998 to today. Um, tell us a little bit about Remax Condos Plus today and what uh, where where are things at for the company right now okay well how do we progress to remax condos plus well after uh, we bought I bought Harry's business out in terms of brokerage but not the other stuff uh, we had a non-compete for two years uh, I was using Stinson Realty and I knew that wasn't going to last forever. Harry was going to get back in the business and muddy the water, so I knew I needed a different name. Uh, I certainly wasn't going to put my name on the door. And Why so, is that? Uh, I didn't think it had cachet with okay. the public. Right. Uh, and the other thing is it doesn't have longevity either. Um, so I think if you're going to build a company or have a company, you need a, a, a name that isn't necessarily your own name. Right. So um, we, I only really looked at two options, which were Royal LePage and Remax. Okay. And I chose Remax and uh, decided to get started on Queen's Key. I can remember the, if the launch date. And they had a guy from head office came down and he told him we were going to be Remax Condos Plus. And he said... Uh, gee, you're going to miss out on 80% of the market. Right. And I said, well, no brokerage gets a big market share in the other 80. I said, the condo market's going to be at least 30 to 40% long term. And if I could make a major impact in that, that would be a huge market on its own. So uh, I've always been a big believer. Um, my One of my favorite sayings is you have to uh, niche to be rich. 
and I think you have to specialize and you can branch out from there. So um, that's how we got started. We picked the name and uh, I guess the rest is history. Everybody says we're we're pretty smart. At, At the time, everybody told us we were very stupid to call ourselves Condos Plus and today people are thinking that we're fairly smart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, I want to ask you a question that right. um, a lot of people probably ask you in different media outlets right. and, and people you talk to every day. Yeah. They seek your opinion, I guess, as a, as a leader in the industry, as somebody who's owning and running a condo-specific brokerage in downtown Toronto. Uh, and that is, is there a condo bubble? So what's your answer to that question? Is there a condo bubble in Toronto? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, if you really look at in terms of real estate terms, the definition of a bubble is a double-digit price increase over three consecutive years. Uh, we've seen that in the States. We've seen that in uh, parts of Canada. And we've never experienced that in the condo market. So I would say absolutely not a bubble. Um, I do see uh, prices going flat. If it's not a bubble, what what do you see uh, the health of the market? How is the market? I would would describe the market as very balanced. Uh, If you ask me what I thought was a a bubble in the real estate market, I would describe it as as houses, and I I use the term freeholds, but definitely houses and row houses and semis in downtown Toronto. Uh, They're certainly in bubble territory as far as I'm concerned. There's a lack of inventory, and that's what's forcing up the prices so much. And when you compare the prices of houses to condos, uh, you certainly see a floor price uh, coming for condos in terms of what people can buy. What do you uh, mean houses. by that floor price? The floor price for floor price for condos. <laughs> Say that three times fast. <laughs> I've heard you talk about that before. Can you explain what, that, what you mean by that? Well, a floor price, what is the lowest that prices can be or level off at? I really think it's $500 a foot. I think if you look, uh, you can buy a semi-detached house that needs a lot of work for 1,500 square feet in downtown Toronto, and people are paying 750 to $900,000 for these places, mm-hmm. and they need to spend another $200,000 to bring them up to the same, I would say, to the same standards and finishes as a condo, and you could buy a condo. Uh, for seven hundred and fifty thousand, for the with the same square footage, so right. you certainly see a, a floor price there. Uh, I think the other thing is you just have to look at uh, what people what people want. Everybody wants to live downtown. What are people's options? And more and more people will be shut out of the uh, the house market downtown. In most big cities, there is no such thing as a house market. Right. In Toronto, there is. And so they're all going to have to get into uh, condos of various sizes. Why do, you, why do you think there is this crazy obsession with the freehold home in Toronto still? Even though we have a lot of condo product now available, uh, we still see 20, 30, 40. Last week there was 72 bidding, bid, uh, offer bidding war uh, on a freehold home. And yet condos rarely will get, you know, more, More than, than two. <laughs> two. Two or three offers. Exactly. Well, I think all you got to do is look at the supply side. There are, no, there are no houses for sale in downtown Toronto, fewer and fewer. And part of the problem there is I think you can pass, pass the, the problem back to governments. I mean, in Toronto, we have a, a double land transfer tax. And when it first came out, everybody said that it was 
buyers that would be um, hindered or slowed down with the second land transfer tax, and it's exactly the opposite. I mean, it's easy to sell a double land transfer tax to buyers. I just tell people that when you look at property taxes, uh, the second land transfer tax is just a prepayment on your uh, property taxes because on an assessment basis, property taxes are much lower in Toronto mm -hmm. than they are in any of the 905 areas. What the double land transfer tax has done is it's, uh, it's deterred sellers from selling and buying bigger properties because they're saying, hey, I'm going to pay 50000 in taxes, and then I got legal fees, I got moving fees, I got realtor fees. Wow, I could just take all that money and just renovate my existing house. So right. what's happened is people with existing properties aren't selling, and that's why there's no supply. And there's plenty of supply on the condo market because that's the only option for new construction. Uh, there's also plenty of buyers and plenty of interest in living downtown. Mm -hmm. um, one of the common themes in a lot of your blogs and videos and, and things you've written over the years and commentary is, is that uh, there's, you seem to always highlight the disconnect between what the media is reporting about what's going on in the condo market versus what's actually happening uh, you know, on the street, so to speak, being a broker of a condo brokerage and seeing, you know, hundreds of transactions across your desk every month, you see this disconnect between the media and the street. Can you talk about that? What, why, what, why does the media, in your opinion, seem to get the condo market wrong time and time again? Well, I think there's two points. First off, on a shorter term basis, uh, there's a lag in information. I mean, most of the time, the people in the media, by the time they get the information of what's happening in the market, they analyze it and, and, and they start to see the trend. It's usually about three or four months after the market has turned or something's happened in the market itself that people that are in the market every day recognize. So there's a lagged effect, I think, with the media. Uh, I think the other challenge is everybody, and, and particularly the media, all they do is see cranes. So all you see is one side of the equation. They see cranes in the sky all over the place going, wow, look how much is being built. Right. How's that ever going to be absorbed? And uh, it's much harder to estimate demand. It's really easy to estimate supply. So they see all these cranes and say, hey, it's got to come to an end. Uh, my answer usually to that, and I challenge the skeptics, uh, I keep saying that the peak of the Toronto real estate market in terms of resales was in 2007, right. and here we are in 2014. Right. We've got another uh, 700,000 people living in the GTA, right. and they all need some form of housing. Mm -hmm. So if nothing else, you would expect more sales today right. than than in 2007 just because of population growth, yet we have less sales. So how do you explain that? And I think part of the frustration for myself and other realtors is that uh, uh, the doom and gloomers have been telling people to uh, rent rather than buy, and uh, it, uh, it has certainly had a drag on our market. Uh, and uh, I think people will realize too late that they should have bought and not rented, um, you know. Even today, people. Even today, people. Uh, you just look at the market. I think we have uh, double the amount of renters and buyers that we're having. 
So it's not as if people don't want to live downtown. Right. It's just that they've been conditioned to rent rather than buy. You had a now you did a survey recently with condo renters and can you tell us about the results of that survey and what you found with what you're speaking about? I always thought the biggest problem was going to be the lack of a 5% down payment. So sorry, the the the, the survey question you asked the renters was why are you not why are you renting instead of purchasing? Exactly, right? And we gave them a number of options. Uh, when we started it, I thought it was going to be 5% the 5% down was the problem, um, and uh, renting is renting is cheaper than buying. None of those. Uh, the number one reason was um, that uh, people felt that this wasn't a good time to buy and that there was going to be some sort of a market correction, right. right, which has never happened. I mean, historically, if you look at the real estate market over long periods of time, what happens is that... Uh, Prices rise, and if they rise too quickly, vis-a-vis -vis incomes, uh, the real estate market tends to flatten out. You know, historically, you're going to have an increase of anywhere to three to four percent, plus some factor for inflation. And uh, most times, wages rise at about the same rate. So, if you have like ten percent increase in real estate for a couple of years, uh, you're going to have a couple of years where the prices go flat. The only time where prices drop, and I keep emphasizing this, is when people can't can't afford to make the payments on their property, or there's foreclosures or whatever, and too much product gets dumped on the market. But uh, by and large, for people that are in the market for years, they know exactly what happens. People don't get their price. They don't keep dropping their price till it sells. They just take their property off the market and hunker down. So. That's why prices never drop. I mean, you just look historically over the years, we've had maybe two price corrections, one around 89.90, one around 81.82. Right. And that's been about it in right. 30 or 40 years where you've had any sort of price decline. And right. it certainly hasn't been the 25% that uh, right. some pundits have been forecasting. <laughs> yes. The famous 25% drop word right. that so many people seem to be waiting for. Switching gears to investing, investing in the condo market now, are you a condo investor yourself? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so can you tell us about what criteria what, what you, or what, what do you what do you look for? People are curious to know what what uh, Jamie Johnson owns. Uh, well, what I do, what I try to do is when I look at a project or I look at resale, I look at what I call the price gap between the resale market and the pre-construction market. Obviously, there's some sort of a premium because uh, people prefer new over used, and particularly some nationalities like Asians and that always want to buy new. So you have to take that into account. So there always will be some sort of a premium. The real challenge is how big is the premium? Because when you buy, one of the things you're banking on is that the what you paid, the you know the market itself will catch up to what you paid by the time the new condo is delivered in three, four, five years time. So you have to look at what the gap is. For myself, I usually try to buy uh, gaps at about 25 bucks a square foot. I think if you buy bigger gaps than that, you're taking a huge risk. The second question I always ask myself when I buy is how much money do I have to put down before I have to, as I say, feed the fire? That means there's a negative cash flow on a property. If you have negative cash flow on a property you own, then you're going to be forced to sell at the wrong time 
and that's the risk you make on not making money. If you can buy a property and hold it with no urgency to sell, you sell it whenever you want to, you'll always make money in real estate. So that's the second thing I ask, how much do I have to put down? Uh, given the way um, the government is in terms of CMHA insurance, you need at least 20% down. Uh, I'm usually looking for properties where I can buy for uh, 25% or 30% at max, but preferably 20 to 25% down, and it has a positive cash flow from day one. So those are my two criteria for buying new. Um, you know, I don't often buy resale because I don't really see the opportunities there. Um, you're buying an existing property. Um, you know, as an investor, you're going to pay less than what the resale market is. An investor always does. And so if the resale market is pretty strong, a seller can always sell it to an end user and probably that person would pay more than I would pay for a property. Right. So there are the, the, the are, there's the odd property. I usually find that, um, you know, for most part, power of sales aren't, aren't as good as people think they are. Right. <laughs> you know, you're buying it as is, no warranties, right. and, uh, and, and there's usually work to be done to put it back in the market. Right. And power sales are e extremely rare anyways. It, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So when they do come up, you know, if it's priced right, you usually get three or four buyers right there. Right. Right. Thanks, Jamie. So just to wrap things up, the last question I want to ask you is, um, as somebody who's been interviewed a lot by different media outlets and people about the condo market over the years, is there is there some question that you have not been asked about the condo market or about investing in condos that you wish that somebody would ask you and what would that be? That's a great question. I've talked about it but no one ever wants to talk about it. Um, we always worry about the uh, first-time buyer who they, they can buy the house today with low interest rates and everyone says uh, they will, uh, they'll be in big trouble when rates rise and I always say uh, I, and I've written on it but no one's ever talked to me about it is that uh, with 5% down, with rates at 3%, uh, all the first-time buyers take fixed-rate mortgages. They just do. They're not taking the risk. And uh, so they're, they're locked in for a term of five years at 3%. Uh, after the five years, even if the property has never gone up by $1, the equity in their property is 20%, not 5 Wow. And, and, and the That's reason... That's basic math. That's just basic math, and the reason why people don't do that is most of the people in the media, hate to say it, and the interviewers tend to be older people, and they all remember, and I do too, uh, mortgages of 9, 10, 11%, right. and you made very little impact on your, uh, on, your, on your principal repayments in the first five years. And so because they never paid down very rapidly, they just uh, assumed it's the same today and it's radically different. So right. so the big thing about uh, low mortgage rates is you it's a rapid repayment of principal, right. which is totally overlooked by the market. No right. one wants to talk about that. It's, it's always, well, oh, you can afford a bigger mortgage and they'll be in trouble down the road. Right. That's a great, that's a great uh, insight there. 
Uh, well, thank you very much, Jamie, for your time. If people want to find you or get a hold of you online, uh, where's a good place to find you? Uh, certainly on our website, www.remaxcondosplus.com. Uh, you know, we have a couple things. We if have a blog. Want to, yeah, if you we want to find blog, it, you're on Twitter, market, too. Yes, Twitter, um, Remax Condos Plus. And, uh, yeah, we're just we're just launching a, a, a video series where I'm commenting on the market each week for 60 seconds. So it's uh, not too long. Myself, I get pretty bored if, they, if the video stretches to 10 or 15 minutes. So. Right, okay. <laughs> Well, that's great. So, yeah, if you want to check out those videos or check out more about uh, Jamie Johnson and what's he's, what he's up to and what's happening at Remax Condos Plus, you can go to, like he said, RemaxCondosPlus.com, and you can, you can see all the information there. So thanks a lot, Jamie. Hopefully we can uh, have you again on a future episode. Love to do it. Thank you so much, Andrew. It's always a pleasure talking to uh, one of my top agents who is really, really knowledgeable about the, uh, the marketplace and all the stuff he does for condos. Great. Thanks to you, Jamie. Okay, there we go. That was my interview with Jamie Johnston, broker owner of Remax Condos Plus. I hope you enjoyed that. Now, Jamie always has a unique perspective on the marketplace because his company is not only the top condo brokerage downtown for sales, it's also the top brokerage for rentals. So he sees that there's this massive shift towards renting that's taken place in the condo market over the last couple of years. And he always has some interesting comments about that. Now, as a condo investor, you really don't care if more people are renting rather than buying, it just means that rental rates will continue to be strong. And if people go back, if the pendulum shifts back to buying, then appreciation rates will benefit. So as an investor, you win either way. The main thing you need to ask yourself as you're contemplating getting into the market or buying additional units for your portfolio is are more people moving downtown each year? And if so, where are they gonna live? And the answer is definitely yes. Um, as the number of condos rented out this year, we've seen month over month uh, this this past year or so, we've seen that rental numbers are up 20% or more um, in the market. And we're also seeing condo sales are trending up as well. So if you are renting and you haven't bought a condo for yourself yet, I think it's really time to sit down and do some basic math, like Jamie said. If you buy with only 5% down at today's ultra-low mortgage rates of below 3%, you're going to have about 20% equity in just five years' time. And that's even if your condo doesn't appreciate in value by a single penny over those five years, which, of course, is extremely unlikely. All right, so check out the show notes for this episode over at truecondos.com slash Jamie, where you can find links to everything we were talking about. You can find a transcript of our interview and a few more things there. Okay, that's enough from me. If you like the show, go to iTunes on your computer, please, and leave me a review. And once again, if you're having trouble figuring out how to leave a review, just go to truecondos.com slash Jamie, the show notes page for this episode. And there's a little video there that shows you how to leave a review on iTunes. Okay, thanks for listening and bye for now. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.